Hey, and welcome to the Madison Story Slam podcast, episode number three. This is another episode that is the long slam where we sit down and talk with somebody about their life and stories they have and just really anything that comes to us. It's just a conversation. There is no set rules. Uh, Today we're sitting down with Chris Lay, who is a local comedian. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about uh, comedy in Madison, uh, growing up in North Carolina, DC Talk, and we talked about respect for juggalos. We are coming at you live from Johnson Public House. So there's some noise. Get used to it. Doesn't really matter. But uh, here's Chris and I talking about life. I don't have an agenda today. I don't, you know, with Tom, I had uh, like a couple questions, but for the most part, it was just conversation. Yeah. So that's what I'm going for. Yeah, I've been intrigued to see how this was going to go as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have to admit, I haven't listened to any of them, but I figured it was probably just going to be you chatting with people about stories, etc. Yeah, well, the, you know, <laughs> the, the vague. It's interesting because, like, uh, I say the main part of the podcast is uh, the story slam. Uh, you know, we record the story slam and put it yeah. up. But as it's turning out, I'm doing more episodes of the long slam yeah. where it's sitting down with somebody and just talking about stories. But um, what do you? Are you doing a thing tomorrow? Yeah, I'm doing the merge. What is that? It is um, Smoky Business Institute, the improv, uh, one of the improv groups in town. And they do, like, weekend shows in the basement of the Glass Nickel. Okay. And one of the shows they do, like, every, like, month or two is called The Merge, where they'll have people, like, local stand-ups will come and do, um, like, five, ten minutes of stand-up comedy of their set. And then the improvisers will then build a series of scenes off of their set. Yeah, yeah. exactly, off of what you give them from the stand-up. Sure. So instead of getting, you know, suggestion from the audience, that's the suggestion is what you... Okay. What comes from your stand-up. So it could be any number of little tiny bits that you mention, and then they'll go off on that. It's not necessarily them react, like reenacting things that you've done or things that you talk about in your stand-up, but like just little nuggets can kind of like become the generative you know, thing behind yeah. the whole scene. And then at the end, they'll do a, um, like an improv thing where they'll bring the comedians out, and they'll be a part of these like kind of improv games. <clears throat> so it's a mutual... Not really mutual. They're kind of like staying in their comfort zone. We kind of get yeah pulled out. Are you good at improv at all? Yeah, I mean, I've done any classes. I've I've done workshops. I've never paid to take classes. Um, I've done workshops at Atlas a couple times. I do like free workshops and once a month. I've been thinking about doing it. Oh, you definitely should. It's it's there's nothing to lose. I think if anything, it would make me a better interviewer because you know improv is all about listening and then building. It's very like reactive. It's exactly it's building, you know, kind of this coherent thing on stage where it's both people or however many people are on stage are helping each other constantly. So yeah, cool. Yeah, Um, but yes, I've done a little bit of improv. I would like to do more. It's something that I feel like strengthens, like you were saying, like the things you learn doing improv definitely branch out very quickly into like helping you in other ways that you might not have necessarily expected. Yeah. So. I, I, you know, I was just saying to somebody today, uh, you know, I had that job interview mm-hmm. and uh, they were asking me how my experience at one place would help it there. And I said, I don't think it would. I, like, I'm, it, it's two different beasts. Yeah. And I said, but uh, being a well-rounded person and having many experiences makes you better just yeah. in general. Yeah. And so, like, I, I'd look at that with, like, improv and think that would... 
I think any performer should take improv yeah. classes. Well, it's, it's, you know, you're, for the improv stuff, you're, it's a very collaborative experience. Mm-hmm. And so once you become a part of any kind of a larger anything, it's all about building and helping the other people around you and not yeah. not setting anyone up for failure, you know, picking people up when they fall down in yeah. some metaphorical sense. So there's definitely a lot of extensions that can come from that. Yeah. And I've I've used, you know, stand up every now and again, depending on the job that I've, you know, interviewed for or whatever. Sure. Oh, um, I get that totally. Yeah, totally. So it's not the kind of thing that I necessarily always wanna like say as like, you know, like, this is the big thing, and then have you know, some boss show up at like a comedy show and hear some <laughs> weird stuff. So, yeah, it's not necessarily what I want to be known for, but there are a lot of, you know, things that you learn, skills and you know, that you get doing any kind of, you know, performance in an entertainment venue that can be in the abstract stretched yep. to encompass a lot of other, be, be beneficial in other environments. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, and throughout your whole life. Yeah. Every aspect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, welcome to the long slam. This is this is where I intro. <laughs> yeah, I like to have go. a little bit of no, a conversation. No, it's good. It's really good. Uh, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure, everyone. This is Chris Lay, local Hello. comedian, and thanks. Yeah, that's me. Uh, we're at Johnson Public House again, and just want to thank them for letting us invade their opening their open hours. Yeah, again, they're at nine oh eight East Johnson Street. They've got great coffee, a great beer selection. Yeah. Um, I, I told them that I would promote their uh, their mobile coffee bar that they have. Have you oh. heard of their mobile coffee bar, Chris? I have not heard of their mobile, mobile coffee bar. Uh, the mobile coffee bar is often uh, rented out to weddings, and uh, two staff people from uh, JPH will come and run a coffee bar at your wedding, at okay. your reception, or so it's, it's, your it's event. Less than a food truck, but more than <laughs> just a, a couple of urns? Yes, Okay. exactly. Uh, that is a great way. I, I don't know if they want me to say that that's what it is, but that's... that's but no, great. no, no. I mean, it's the, like, for the food truck, you get like the full... Experience, whereas there, I'd imagine, like the, yeah. way, the, way, the way that you're painting it, it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish it. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's no sandwiches, it's no food. It's just coffee. No, no, no. Yeah. I think they do it. They, they take it over to uh, the Bash Bake House. Okay. Every Sunday, I think they do it there. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, it's just good stuff. My girlfriend goes bonkers for batch. Really? I, yeah. I've only ever had batch stuff here because, you know, they get it here. You should totally go over there. They yeah. have, like, it's whatever they've got here and then 10 times other yeah. things. I mean, so. it, it, everything I've seen, like, online from them looks delicious. Yeah. So. Um, how long have you been doing comedy? <laughs> uh, I've been doing comedy for about, like, what, three and a half years now, I guess? Sure. It's kind of slowed down in the past year. Um, i just gotten busy with a bunch of other things in life and jobs and such, and I don't make it out to the open mics as much as I used to. Yeah. So I haven't really been generating a lot of new material, uh, but... It's still, I still do things. Yeah. I, st- I still have like, you know, kind of a uh, defined we're, set. We're bringing in the, co- yeah, oh, the coffee. Careful, the coffee it's hot. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you Just very ordered much. what I expect to be a delicious Americano. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing it for about, like three years or so. I started here in Madison. Um, and you're from? I'm from North Carolina. Nar- from Charlotte. North Carolina. Okay. From Charlotte, North Carolina originally. I moved here seven years ago to go to grad school for library studies. And I always forget how much older you are than me. Oh, I'm 27. <laughs> Not that much older. Well, like like four years. I'll be like 32. Like, in a s- month. Oh, see, maybe it's I forget how old I am. There you go. Because <laughs> you said you moved here seven years ago. I moved here, yeah. When I was, um, I was 20. I was two years out of high school. Yeah, I was 25 yeah. when I moved here, and it's been yeah, it's been like 
well, at least seven years. Yeah, I moved here in like 2007. Okay. So, math in my head. Yeah, doing math in your head isn't the best thing for like an audio-based podcast. But yeah. Um, yes, I moved here like a while back to go to grad school for library studies and just kind of stayed. Yeah. Because it's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. I love this. suck. <clears throat> Honestly, I don't mind them too much, man. Yeah. Like it's the, like even coming from North Carolina, it's just, it's never really been that big of a problem. Like the first winter I was here was the 2007, 2008, where they had like over like 120 inches of snow that winter. Yeah. So it was very trial by fire. Sure. And I didn't really have, to, I think I made it, I went through that entire winter with, I don't even know, I don't think I had like a really good coat. I had, I didn't have any boots. I had like Chuck Taylors. I somehow made it through like that's, riding buses everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, which, which is stupid. Oh it's yeah. It's you incredibly get, you get dumb. Step in a puddle and then you're, oh, your, your entire day is ruined. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Waiting too long for a bus. Like the bottom of your feet are just like rock solid. Like you can't, yeah, it was awful. Sure. But I'm, I'm a little bit smarter now, <laughs> just a little bit incrementally smarter. And then, yeah. So I, just, you know, been, I think it becomes kind of a, like a point of, it's like a badge of honor. Like, uh, I know for guys who have lived in Wisconsin forever, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I can go out in shorts and a T-shirt in February. You know, like, be, <laughs> yeah. it's, that's somehow that's somehow a badge of honor instead of a badge of you're a moron. Yeah. 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 I, I, I could. I don't know if I'd want to. <laughs> but, yeah. It's, um, yeah, the, the winter never really got to me. I mean, it's just an excuse to stay inside and... I don't know. I've always said the snow's real pretty, but I don't, I don't have a car, oh, so I don't yeah. have to drive in it. Sure. I don't have a, like, I rent, so I don't have to deal with, you know, like, this is no my plowing first or year anything. as a renter, and I'm, I'm like, it's awesome. Oh, it's great. Never yeah. go back, man. Yeah. Never go back. Well, my wife and I live the apartment that we live in, uh, a family member owns, so we get a mm-hmm. great deal. And I've told her, as long as we live in Madison, uh, this is where we'll live. Yeah. Yeah. Two bedroom for super cheap mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's awesome I don't know why I mean I I understand why people buy land because it's one of those it's, it's, yeah. it's a very solid financial what investment what you're supposed to do yeah exactly but I can't afford to buy anything <laughs> I actually I tell people all the time uh, I don't even have really a goal to be a homeowner uh, it's not it's like I mean if it happened great but it's not like something I'm like oh I gotta put away this money because yeah. I need to buy a house someday it's a certain I think like millennials, I mean, speaking in a very, very general sense, I think millennials are kind of financially screwed. <laughs> like we can't, like we don't really, we're too cynical to, like, to really like look that far into the future and see any kind of financial security to where we can actually own anything that's not going to be mortgaged out the ass by the time that we're, <laughs> we can afford it. So it's, you know, I feel that way about a car though. <laughs> like yeah. I've always had uh, pretty crappy used cars, which I'm fine with. I, yeah. I always say buy a car for a thousand dollars. If it lasts you a year, you get your money's worth. Yeah. Uh, but like I have friends who go out and buy brand new cars. I'm like, well, how do you do that? How is that a possibility for you? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I have no clue. Like I have, yeah, all of my income is pretty much like accounted for. Like yeah. I couldn't imagine the, like for a car, it's like, it's automatically, you've got, you know, the insurance, you've got the everything else. It's, yeah, I can't, can't even imagine that. It's so, insanity. Yeah. But. Uh, so back to comedy. Sorry. <laughs> sure. Uh, no, we could definitely talk about, you know, mortgage I, rates and yeah. like <laughs> APR. The finance cast. Yeah, exactly. Um, Who's got the best going rates on used cars? <laughs> I, uh, I listen a lot to uh, the Pete Holmes podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you made it weird. Um, 
and I I like his format. You know, they always talk about uh, I think comedy, sex, and God. Sure. And so the thing I find most I'm not a comedian. I actually recently was asked if I was a comedian uh, by a reporter. Okay. They, they're like, "Are you a comedian?" And I said, "No, but I think I'm funny." And um, I, but I think it's the first time anybody's been sincerely asked if they were a comedian. Because usually still, that question is always, "What are you, some kind of comedian?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you still very much have an outgoing, warm personality, mm-hmm. you know. And to do the story slam stuff, like I've I've watched you host those, you know, so many times, and you'd be fine doing comedy. I've thought it's, about it, it. The only thing it is, you just don't have, you know, the discipline of getting up there and watching that kind of stuff fail. It's yeah the well, my jokes at Story Slam fail quite often. <laughs> but that's one of the things that I love about doing Story Slam kind yeah. of stuff, like the handful that I've done. And one of the things that really drew me to like storytelling as much as comedy even is it's it's a safe place. Yeah. Like if within the context of a comedy club, you have to be like for you to maintain people's interest, you have to have like every third sentence has to be a punchline. Yep. Or it has to be a really good punchline if you're going to wake them, make them wait much longer than that. Sure. Uh, whereas the storyteller stuff is people are much more comfortable waiting. Like they, like as they, long, they as, long know as you, a payoff. as long as you're interesting, you don't necessarily have to be funny. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, the context of that space. So th- things can die, and that's fine. Yeah. But, I, you know, my wife. Uh, has several times been like we, we go to the comedy club on state on Wednesday nights for the open mics yeah. just to listen because um, it's a ba- basically because it's a cheap date um, and yeah. se- several times she's been like you come and sign up sometime I'm like go and do it and I, I, I've just said it's like five minutes and man I like that it's is like terrifying. three when you start it's yeah. really not that bad I mean, well I just because I say about- my comedy I would love to do it but my comedy would be storytelling kind of things where yeah. I I don't have a punchline ever. I'm not going to get up and set up bottles and knock them down. You know, set up punchlines and knock them over. That's, I, don't, I don't think you necessarily have to do that. It's the, I mean, like you, it doesn't necessarily have to be like these one-liners like that I'm talking about. It's the, yeah. um, they just want it to be much more compact. Sure. Like there is a much more intense economy of language when you're doing stand-up. Yeah. And it's like, it's very particular diction. It's, um, you know, it's the, joke structure of, you know, premise, setup, punchline, mm-hmm. premise, setup, punchline. And you can build that into storytelling from my experience and you can stretch it out. You don't need to, it's much more fluid. Whereas yeah. with, with comedy for things to work, it's much more tight. Um, but yeah, you could totally do it. I, you know, I, the one story I have that I'm sure you've heard a couple times at Story Slams is the, the Oasis bathroom mm, story mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. that to me would be yeah. great for stand up because it is every three or four lines there is a punchline like I can tell that story that way yeah uh, in fact I have about a 15 minute set that it is everything to do with public restrooms and public restroom etiquette and then my closer would be that story yeah but I don't know anyway so I no, brought that, up that's a fine that's a fine <laughs> like it's like in comedy that would be a chunk that would be like yeah. just this one kind of like things that would fit under one specific thematic sure idea um yeah but like the first time I did stand up in Madison like that's I just told a story I just like and I kind of like agonistly like suffered through the paces of it and wanted like every single rhythm of it to be good yeah um and to have like these particular beats and all these little things that I wanted to hit along the way um and yeah, it, it was just one set story. Yeah. 
And that's honestly where a lot of my comedy, like the stuff that's really worked, the stuff that I've liked the most has always felt much more storytelling, you know, wise. One of the things I love about Mark Maron, um, not to kind of jump around, but when he talks about like joke theft yeah, and things, he's just like, no one can steal my jokes because it's stuff that's all me. It's all things that have happened to me. Mm-hmm. And so he's making his life into the substance of the things. Whereas, you know, if you're just doing, you know, tight little one-liner kind of things or, you know, Twitter jokes, you can people can definitely steal those jokes or you can just tap into this kind of collective unconsciousness and, you know, make a an original thought mm-hmm. that someone else has also done. And so that was one of the things that I wanted to do early on was develop my own style comedically where it's me speaking as autobiographically as possible. Sure. And having that be kind of the, the bedrock foundation. And so it's been a natural transition to doing storytelling. And it's like I, I like doing storytelling a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> it's the... Were your parents... Were, were, well, family gatherings, was that kind of like uh, you get around and tell stories? Not really. Um... I've definitely always looked up to my mom as a storyteller. I don't know she might be surprised to hear that, but really? yeah. Well, she's someone like I always worry about my stories. Like if I'm just telling like a casual story, it's I always worry that I'm going to get to the end of it and it's just going to be like, oh, like <laughs> like and then the I end. found five dollars. Like yeah. yeah, like it's not going to be. Growing up, my family called those Adam stories. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. See, but it's but you're you're conscious of it. It's a learning experience yes. when you look back at it now. Yeah. And. Some of my mom, I feel like, could tell those stories that were kind of, you know, didn't necessarily go anywhere, but kind of kept you all along the way. And, yeah, like, whatever she would recount, like, books and things, it was always, always seemed like it had a very set structure to it. So that was always something that I admired about her. But we never, we didn't really talk too much about, like, family stories, things like that. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, you? Oh, yeah. Like, I, so I was a pastor's kid. And pastor's mm, grandkid, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so like, uh, you know, my my dad and my it's all narrative, yeah, uh, you know, their job was to get up and tell stories, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, so like Christmas, any any family meal with like all the family, we'd sit around and just talk about uh, stuff that happened in the church or, uh, you know, just whatever. And my, my grandpa was a fairly well known pastor, here. yeah. And like within like like different counties knew of him. <laughs> uh, uh, within the Midwest, people would I, I could go to any non-denominational church in the Midwest and go I am so and so's grandson, and people would be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so like He's been we, here to do his pastor pastoring thing, lecturing. What is the? What would you? What would, what, what, how would you verb what he does? Uh, pa- pastors, pastors. Pasting. Yeah, there you go, pasting. <laughs> He's he's got a pasty line. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. No, uh, it's a, a first. I mean, it's, he. I mean, he. Did so you get he, away with it because it's not a nominational. He's like the <laughs> little little loose, little loose, uh, loosey goosey. Uh, he's the not head, quite Unitarian, but he's the head there. of the denomination. So it's technically non-denominational, but like there's a yeah. a fellowship of churches. Sure. That we call it. So he like travels around the whole country. He travels around the world talking to churches. But yeah, oh yeah. He's seventy seven or seventy eight, I think. Um, he was just in Seattle for three weeks talking to churches. and So Midwest, for sure, a lot of churches all over the yeah. country I could go to. But hmm. So, like I said, family gatherings were just, let's be funny and let's talk. Yeah. My family was very funny, my mom's family. My dad's family was really Norwegian and stoic. 
uh, as typical Wisconsin nights are. I can see that. But um, this is not about me. This is about you. Growing up. Oh, it's about us. It's about it's it's about it's, it's about a dance. The, but the bond that's forming between yes. us right now. <laughs> um, growing up, were you were you the funny kid? Um, kind of. I feel like I surrounded myself at a young age with people who I felt were like all of my friends I thought were smarter and funnier than me. Yeah. And so it was this constant feeling of like I I'm just constantly challenging myself to be funny. Like whenever I would make any of them laugh it felt like a real win. Yep. And it was something I was very conscious of and like would hang on to. And so yeah, I mean I think I was the funny kid, but it was definitely not like I was, you know, like I wasn't a class clown. It was more I was surrounded by other people that were as much, if not more so, kind of those people. So yeah, in fifth grade, uh, we had our like uh, orientation night for the year, and uh, I went to a Christian school. So we met at the church attached to it, and mm-hmm. then we we all meet our teacher, and then the whole class walks over with your teacher to your classroom for the year. She was a brand new teacher, brand new to the school. This was a school my grandfather started. Okay. So I was. I was the big cheese. And <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm the first person in line. Big the, cheese is a term that no, no big cheese would ever actually describe <laughs> themselves know. with. But <laughs> the, the, I'm the first the in line. Off right the, there. The you te- might not have been. <laughs> the teacher goes, so tell me about the school and tell me, like, who, who are you? And the first thing out of my mouth was, well, I'm the class clown. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if they could hear my, my eyes rolling. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. So that was me growing up. I yeah. was... Uh, my school was a lot of serious kids. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have a whole lot of people to surround myself who were overly funny. But like, we were focused. My school was really f- sports focused, and I was, okay. I was a musician. Yeah. So it was like, uh, for the longest time, I was the outcast, but not really an outcast. Yeah. I wasn't like a nerd or anything. Yeah. For like, for elementary and middle school, for me, it was like the school I went to was more arts focused. It was like a magnet school. So it was mm-hmm. um, like set in like more kind of impoverished areas, I guess, in Charlotte. And they'd bus in kids from all over because they had better teachers, a better arts program. But then you also had like the neighborhood kids. So there was like a, like a real melting pot of um, just a lot of different people. It was, it's always kind of strange to me that there's not like more black people in Madison, I guess is the, like get along the short of it. But yeah. um, So yeah, I, I was very much surrounded and I guess rewarded by you know, teachers for creative things that I would do. I remember, what was it, for like a monologue that I did in a drama class in middle school, I did, did you ever see the movie Tootsie? Dustin Hoffman? Um, if I have, it's been years. Okay, so it's all about a guy who dresses up as a woman to get yep. a role on a soap opera. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets the role, and this whole thing gets drawn out and they're going to like sign him for a new, nobody knows that he's a woman. And then all of them have had these experiences. And then at the end to get out of the contract, so he doesn't have to do this anymore after he's kind of developed this awkward stardom around this character that no one knows is a man. Sure. Old lady. He ends up doing this big, long monologue that ties into the, the plot of the soap opera. Okay. To explain why he's now taking off all of his stuff and revealing himself <laughs> as, as a, a man instead of a woman. Yeah. And I did this, like, you know, four-minute-long monologue thing in drama class, and I remember just feeling like I, I made the drama teacher laugh so hard. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just the fact that it was a 12-year-old who obviously loved the hell out of the movie Tootsie, <laughs> but 
um, yeah. So, had a lot of support, I guess, to kind of experiment with, you know, humor and things. Yeah. And, yeah. I definitely remember, like, I was in the class clown, like, when you were talking about because you had, like, a young teacher. Yeah. There was, and it was in fifth grade for me as well. Like, the only time I really, I think I fit that class clown mold. Sure. Was, you don't have them in Madison, I think, but the, um, the schools in Charlotte were getting overcrowded, and so they would have trailers. Oh, we my school had a trailer. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mentioned the that. The modular building. I referenced trailers, like, in a stand-up thing that I was doing, like, an open mic, yeah. and, like, lost everyone. No one yeah. in Madison. I don't think like, public schools would have them, but my private school, there yeah. was, a, yeah. Public schools in Charlotte have them. It's just, like, you know, just encroaching on the football field. These, yep. you know, extension, you know, these big modular trailers that have kind of been shoved together and then turned into classrooms. Yeah. And... So we were in this trailer where we had, like, the entire, you know, fifth grade class, and we had a student teacher who was kind of towards the end of her student teaching, and she she was in charge of the classroom, and I farted. It was, like, a quiet moment. We were all doing, like, kind of group study or something, and I farted, and it was, like, the kind that just, like, it rattled the seat, like, that, you know... A cheek clapper, I call it. Exactly, yes, there you go. It was, you know, embarrassing. Like, I mean, like, nowadays, I'd be embarrassed by it. (laughs) And then she asked me to leave, like leave, like go stand outside. And I was just like, you can't do this. Like it's bodily function. I, I got really, really like high horse about the fact that I farted and yeah. she was, and yeah, that definitely turned into like everyone laughing kind of thing. So that was like the only time I guess I'd really, like, did you like revel a, in the laughter though? Like, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but now it's like, I look back and it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> Completely gross. Like, no, nobody... Like, like now you agree, you're like, go stand in the hall. Oh, completely. <laughs> I Yeah, I completely should have. But at the time, I was just this, you know, kind of asshole who was just like, you can't... Like, this is a thing that the body does. I can't be ashamed of this. Like, it, yeah, it was this whole, you know, thing that I really wanted to get up, up in her face about. Yeah. And, yeah, so... So that was that. <laughs> I mean, that's fun. Yeah. Like, but, like, yeah, looking back, it's definitely, like, nobody wants to be known as the fart kid. Like, nobody wants to be known as, like, I, I that know kid. I guys who probably want to be known as the fart kid. But that was, like, fifth grade. That was, like, past, like, yeah. the fart kid phase. That's yeah. the, like, we, we, we weren't catching frogs down at the pond anymore. I don't know. I don't know if that even makes any sense. But it's the <laughs> I remember there was a guy in my school who, for a long time, was, he, he thought it was so funny to fart. I mean, it still is. It's like, yes. Don't get me wrong. I, I was just but it's the kind say, of thing where, like, you don't, you don't. There's a time and a place for it. Yeah, I was actually uh, in the last story slam. I had this thought the week before, and I said it, and it's on the podcast. But uh, I, I was, I actually just quit my job. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I was counting for a living. I was counting cash in a vault for a vending company. Okay. So this small closed in space. It was me and this older woman. She's doing like kind of small time accounting kind of stuff basically or maybe not even small time? It's, I mean it's not, I, I don't even know if I'd call it accounting. I'm literally taking dollar bills and running them through a, a counter machine. Like that's it? Yeah. Uh, that was for it. Like, like 40 hours a week? Uh, for like 10 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah it sucked. And like, sounds insane. I'm super social. 10 hours a day? Oh my gosh dude. It was like assembly line work. It might as well have been socks, you know? Like, so you weren't even having to count things. You Like, the machine was counting things. You were just, like, the, um, the, the biological agent to kind of, like, put them in the thing. For the most part. And then it would be quarters as well. We'd dump quarters into the machine. Yeah, it was brutal. Anyway. So you're uh, saying there's a job opening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. 
there, there's a very recent job opening. Uh, but I, uh, one day, I, you know, I was in this, in this closed-in space, and as soon as I started working there, I, I, I became conscious of how much I'm able to pass gas on the sly in my regular life. But when I'm in a closed-in space with another person, I'm not. And, and so uh, one day I had to. And at the same time that the realization of having to do that, I so, realized I had to sneeze. But you're, you're there by yourself. With another person. Oh, so you are with another person. There's two people in there. Okay. Yeah. Which is in good. In a very small, closed-in space. You know, if it's one person, money would probably walk. Yeah. Got to have two people for right. to be accountable. That's right. Was uh, that a person an all right person? Like, could you chat? It was so loud that you couldn't. So loud? Yeah. The the coin counting machines are are loud. So you just put on like headphones and listen to. I listen to podcasts all day. Yeah. Uh, but so I had the realization that there's nothing more terrifying than having to fart and sneeze at the same time in a small room. When you like one of your balls is going to explode or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to be that guy that's the smelly guy at work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's terrifying to me. Yeah. And th- that's definitely one of those things that is going to stick with you. Like, it's not like, like, even, even, like, one really quality fart is going to be, like, it's going to, it's going to stain you. To, like, it doesn't well, even have to be kind a of quality fart. Well, I mean, it's, like, you can get away with one kind of, like, like, kind of, like, little tiny squeaker. Yeah. Like, if you're clearly trying to keep it in. But. Yeah, a good quality one is the kind that's going to follow you to your next job when they call for a reference and go, well, yeah, he farted one time. And it, it was it was just once, but it was well, enough it for was, me to, like, feel like I need I to I still remember. Yeah, yeah. I have the date we're down. <laughs> we're begrudgingly proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> There's a certain honor to that, whatever the hell he did. So yeah. Okay, so you came to Madison for grad school. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um... <clears throat> and then you, you, it was three years ago you started doing comedy? What yeah, led up to it? Um, well, I had started kind of like going to the open mic and sure. just hanging out. Yeah. And made friends with a bunch of the comics, just kind of like drinking at the bar, chatting with them, that kind of stuff. And would hang out with them at other places. And at some point, you just are told too many times. Like, yeah. you're you're funny. You should do this. Like, yeah. Or like, I mean, there's there's nothing. When it comes to, like the creative arts, stand up comedy has one of the lowest, um, like, it's one of the most permeable things. Sure. Because it's like there's open mics, you know, like at All least over. like two or three nights a week in Madison. Mm-hmm. And anywhere else you go, there's like a bunch more. But. Um, and you just put your name on the list and you get up and talk for three minutes or five minutes or whatever it is, and then you get off. Like that, it's someone is giving you the opportunity just to talk. Yeah. And like, no one's gonna just like let someone off the street into a play or even like the Story Slam stuff is, you know, generally the same kind of faces. Like, like yeah. if, some, if someone clearly is, you know, looks like some riffraff, like you're not gonna let them get up there. It's. I probably would, <clears throat> but I would, I would, uh, very quickly usher them off. <laughs> yeah, if it exactly. Went that yeah. Way, you know? If it went that way. And, and we get some of that at the comedy club too. And so, yeah, somebody just said, hey, um, Alan Salaga, this is a buddy of mine yeah. who, you know, we chatted for a long time. Dan Pataki. Dan Pataki, Dan Pataki show. Yeah. And he said, you should really do this. And I put it off for the longest time because I was so scared of it. Yeah. Which is, I totally understand when people are scared of doing comedy, but it's. 
like the comedy club on state especially is one of like the safest places to do like it's just a very 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 receptive audience very friendly and like that's People come from, like, when I've seen people that come from, like, Minneapolis or Chicago or anywhere else. Yeah. Like, to do our open mic, like, that is the best open mic I've ever done. Like, yeah. it's, yeah. Um, there's something about that room, the guys who run it, um, or I guess uh, Eve and Anna Paris, uh, Gus's, Gus and Mary's kids. Uh, and, yeah, so. Uh, you know, I say the same thing about Story Slam. Uh, yeah. You know, I, there's a lot of people that come. Uh, recently, like the last one we did, because of the, the article that was on, uh, in Cap Times, we yeah. had a lot of new people. And I'm talking to them, and, and I encourage everybody that comes to tell a story. And they're like, oh, I don't know, I'm scared. Well, and, and I've said, you will not find a friendlier audience. I've, n- I've never seen a bad story. Well, I've seen bad stories here, but I've never seen a bad story get, like... You know, booed or whatever yeah. yeah yeah. even if it's a bad story people are going to clap somebody yeah. will laugh people are friendly yeah. well with I mean with stand up there's this whole you know heckling yeah <laughs> like like they're like, like if you no one's going to like I don't think there's any like YouTube videos of like hecklers at a story you yeah. know a story slam show or a moth show or something like that for yeah. the most part but you know comedy shows it's you know always like you know watch this comedian put a heckler in his place <laughs> like you know, watch this guy get heckled. It's the um, people don't come to story slam shows and get drunk and say, "I'm going to help him. I'm going to be, I'm yeah. going to really help him out." And it's not at all. Did you happen help. to go to the Nick Offerman show uh, for the Comedy Fest? Yeah, uh, early this year. I did not. I was there, and uh, at one point, uh, I think it's Mike Schmidt who mm-hmm. is who is announcing yeah. and, and hosting. At, well, no, you never saw him. I just heard his voice. Yeah. I don't know what his voice sounds like just because of the comedy club. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Schmidt, local stand-up comedian, been in the system for a while, yeah. That's right, yeah. Uh, so, uh, he, you know, he comes on before and says, no flash photography, blah, 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 and don't scream at the comedian. He doesn't need your help. And 15, 20 minutes in, some guy goes, show us your dick, bro. And, like, it was the dumbest thing in the world. And, <laughs> yeah. and Nick Offerman pointed it out and was like, yes. But I just, I, I bet you money that guy went home and was like, and then I screamed, show us your dick, bro. And it was hilarious. And, like, he's telling all his friends, like, how funny it was and how much it added to the show. Yeah. I, I just assume that everyone who's going to do something like that is just just kind of a drunk asshole. Like, I mean, like, not even necessarily like asshole in, like, some ultimate negative way, but just someone who's just, just drunk. Like, I've been and, that And just doesn't have, like, the self-control. Yeah, I've, I mean... I've yelled things out at various, you know, places that I thought was maybe constructive, and it, it never is. It I, never is. I didn't try and add to anything, so I have felt bad about this since it happened. Uh, I since was, you were just in the room, or this is another? No, no, no. This is a whole other oh, thing. Oh, this is a whole thing with I've, you. This was uh, a problems. little over a year ago, and uh, I the, the night this happened, I had been at uh, uh, Mallard's game in the duck line, so free drinks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I went from there. My friend had had a, had a brain tumor, and he was having a benefit at the High Noon Saloon. Okay. And so then I went over there and, and had more drinks. And there were a lot of bands playing. He's very active in the local metal scene. Sure. Hardcore scene. And, uh, and then there was a comedian. And this was before I was really kind of... I mean, I'm not super in touch with the comedy scene here, but I'm more in touch now than I was then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I'm almost positive that the comedian was Brian Morris. Probably. Uh, that sounds he, about right. He got up and was, was doing comedy, and I was, I was inebriated. And talking to a friend, 
and he, <laughs> in my mind, what I'm thinking is, I, this guy is interrupting my conversation. I'm trying to have a conversation with yeah. somebody. And so I very loudly went, who cares? <laughs> and I have felt bad ever did he, since. Did he comment on it? Did he, he, went, like, he went, yeah, you're right. Who cares? That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I don't remember what he yeah. said. But I felt so, like, I still feel bad. I yeah. see, like, he's not here anymore, but I would see him every now and then. And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, you no, know, like those those kinds of events are always really really weird. Yeah, um, like to do like to perform at. Um, I've never done like a benefit like that, but I've definitely been part of things that are like where the comedy is like not even like secondary on the list of things that people are there for. It's like even further down. That. I've done some of the most fun and like the most like intense challenge I've ever had was doing comedy opening for um, uh, Clownvis. Have you ever heard of Clownvis Presley? No. He is a guy who does this. It's actually, it's, it's an incredible act he does. Um, it's got full clown makeup, big like bouffant kind of like wig thing sure. he's got. Does like an Elvis routine. He's got like a guy who plays like his little colonel, also with like clown makeup, I think. Yeah. And he does this like clown show with magic tricks and whatever else, but it's also very vaudeville with him doing Elvis songs. Sure. Like he does in the ghetto, oh. but he replaces all the words with the lyrics to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song. <laughs> he does a um, what is it? A uh, Jack and Diane okay. by John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah. But all of the lyrics are "sucking on chili dog." Like it's, it's like "sucking on chili dog," "sucking on chili dog," <laughs> "sucking on chili dog," <laughs> "sucking on chili dog." And so it's that. And so he's like the headliner, and. Then, it, so it was a bunch of comedians, and then in between the comedians were going to be burlesque performers. Okay. Which, again, so you've got like the headliner that everyone's there for, and then you've got, like, you know, really great, like, you know, tits and ass and stuff that's going on in yeah. between. And then, like, the comedians get up there, and it's just like, you just want us to get off stage so you can see more of this stuff. Exactly. And it was glorious. It was, I saw a girl do a, um, like, this, like, slow motion pole dance routine to No Rain. Okay. by Blind Melon and yeah. she had like the little bee like wings and stuff like that it sure. was like the most like intense <laughs> glorious like Dance of the Seven Veils kind yeah. of like, I'm more religious experience in Clownvis Clownvis Presley Clownvis Presley look him up it's he reminds me of uh, there's a performer called Titler <laughs> Uh, right. Have you heard of Titler? No. Uh, Titler is a Tell guy. Tell me more. Titler is tree. a guy who uh, looks like Hitler. You put him in a Nazi uniform, he looks identical to Hitler, but sure. he's wearing a long nightgown, like a, uh, like a like an evening gown, okay. like a dress. And um, I he he opened uh, on a Ben Folds special, internet special. <laughs> he he did a song in the middle of Ben Folds set okay. on an electric piano. And it was uh, I Walk the Line, a very slowed-down version of Johnny Cash's I Walk the Line. But instead of I Walk the Line, it was always I Cross the Line. Because he's a man dressed as Hitler in a dress. Sure, yeah. And, it's uh, totally self-referential. It's, I'm, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I need you to see what, what happened. It's so funny. Like, people are dying. Yeah. And, and then the thing is, his piano playing is marvelous. Sure. And his voice is pretty good. And uh, if if he was not dressed like Hitler and not in a dress and not changing the lyrics, you would listen to that and, and be like, this is a masterpiece. Like, this take on <laughs> I, I Walk the Line. Uh, I like that. And, and, I like and then you add like this, like, really awkward <laughs> kind of visual of a guy dressed up yeah. as a woman in, like, an evening gown. Yeah. But also with Hitler. Yeah, hair with a Hitler stash and well, hair, yeah. 
That was awesome. He's great. You should look him up. I will do that. Everybody should look up Titler and Clownvis Presley. Sounds good. Is Clownvis from here? I don't know. Like, he's not... I think... I mean, he's, he's a nationwide thing. I don't know... Like, it's a lot of, like, state fairs and stuff. Sure. Um, like, even though he was doing... Like, had, like, burlesque performers and stuff doing his thing, I think it was more... Um, I mean, you can definitely be family-friendly enough. Yeah. But... So, yeah. Good times. Yeah. I mean, I like Elvis, so... I'm not huge on clowns. I mean, like, it, it, the Elvis thing was really, I think, just, like, tone more than anything. It sure. wasn't even, like... It was just this kind of perfect blending of these kind of performative aspects with the, like, the, you know, children's clown routine. Yeah. With the, you know, weird magic tricks and everything, but modified for this kind of rockabilly, like, vibe yeah. of Elvis. It's, yeah, it, it was just from, from an entertainment standpoint, it was fascinating, and I was just riveted the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. weird. Perfect. I mean, it's a weird thing, but it's, like, perfect for Madison. Yeah. Because uh, we like weird. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, it's kind of a, like, he does, like, you know, motocross rallies and, you know, <laughs> like, state of fairs and things. Does. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It seems like, like, it seems like the kind of thing that would fit right in at, like, a Insane Clown Posse Festival, like the, you know, yeah, gathering, the gathering the of the juggles. Yeah. 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 Which woot, another woot. thing, I'm, what's that? I said, woop, 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 woop. Yeah. yeah. Juggalo homie. <laughs> Ninjas. I'm, I'm I would have. It. I would have died if you had come in here in juggalo makeup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would have been. I would have as well. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm. Part of me is very fascinated by that kind of culture, culture that oh. they've got, and it's it's so insulated. Yeah. And it's it really is fascinating to me, but it's the kind of thing that I would never want to. Like I would never go to their festival because yeah. it would. It, it would feel like I was like taking pictures of like Indians, like like you know where it's like like they, it, it, like it wouldn't be yeah. honest. Like I, I as stupid as it sounds, I have too much respect for them to like. No, no, <laughs> no nobody has ever said that. I, I totally, I, I have too much respect for what they do, and to really like, I don't, I don't want to show up and. You know, like it'd be like me wearing blackface, like just yeah. to be there. It, like just, just my my own presence would be this kind of metaphorical blackface of me yeah. just not understanding, like the you know the things I was playing with. So the forces that were in play. Have you seen the uh, man? I don't. It's some guy on YouTube. I can't remember what his name. He went to the last one. Mm-hmm. He's a comedian, and he he uh, participated in a rap like a like a rap battle <laughs> no and uh, man I, what's his name this is a horrible segment of a podcast because I don't no, I think it's fine I think it's fine uh, well it's like any any time that you start going in on like juggalos with any kind of like actual <laughs> non-ironic sincere yeah. interest yeah like it's, it's like it's gonna prick up some ears but yeah. it's, it's gonna turn some of the people up I don't really give a shit so <laughs> this this comedian ended up winning like a thousand dollars because he won the rap battle freestyle rap yeah. battle mm-hmm. and it's it's just fantastic yeah. but, then, but then the rest of the uh, YouTube video is him just making fun of juggalos sure yeah but well, it's, it's, it's a little hanging fruit to a, to a, yeah. to a point. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. I haven't read it yet, but I know Nathan Rabin. I'm pretty sure it's Nathan Rabin, um, who has, I think it's it's a book. Oh, I can't remember the title of it, but it's contrasting, like, fish fans and the people that follow fish around with, <laughs> yeah. like, the people that are really into juggalos and, like, that lifestyle. It sounds like an old man talking about <laughs> this. Like, I mean, like, not old enough to be like, those kids today, but, you know, the fact that I'm... Yeah, it's speaking like speaking about it in this very clinical term, like yeah. clinical way. Yeah, 
It's like you're talking about the Facebook. The Facebook, yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is, you know, that's how it started. <laughs> the Facebook. And Fair so, enough. According to the film. They're just... The they, social network. So old people are hipsters because they knew about Facebook before when it was the <laughs> yeah. Facebook. There you go. Before it was called that's, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're just a bunch of hipsters. Where were we? Oh, man. We were talking about stuff and then we got off on... Oh, yeah. Juggalos. Clown was Presley. Yeah. Walking all the way back. And from there it was talking about, I think, Titler. Titler. But then yeah. we started talking about Columbus again. We did. Uh, Columbus is great. Yeah, I'd, I'd be intrigued to hear some of his tour stories. Oh, I mean, I, a guy like that, I how old do you think of, he was? Man, I don't even know. Like, it's the kind of thing where it could have been, it could have been, like, definitely, like, 30s, I'd say. Like, low 30s, like, really? high 20s, maybe. Like, I was thinking, like, 50s, 60s. Like, he had it down. Like, it's something that he's been doing for a long time. Sure. Um... We don't need to spend any more time on Clownvis. <laughs> I, I just, this is not the Clownvis Presley. All, all I know, all I know is that if and when he comes back, yeah. I am going to go and see him and I'm going to like drag anyone who will listen to me. Yeah. Like, and it sucks because it's the kind of thing I wouldn't have seen if they hadn't asked me to do like, to be one of the like local comedians, like sure. opening the thing. Um, and I'm so glad I went. Yeah. It was, it was, that was probably one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Like from like top to bottom. It was fantastic. I would go out of curiosity. I think, I mean, it's, if you just release yourself to the fact that it's it's such an entertaining and well-put-together show, and also I was really drunk at this point, but it's yeah. like, by no, the time that always we hit the stage, but it was definitely, uh, yeah, just, a, yeah, like, that, like, old school kind of showmanship, like, yeah. people that are totally, I'm a little like, uh, like distrustful now their, that you told me you were really drunk. Because well, it's, like, go it's like going to a laser show and somebody being like, oh, great, it's a bunch of lights. Yeah, but you got to understand, I was lit at the time. Well, it was sure, awesome. but this is, this is something, I think this would translate as well. But it's also, why would you want to be sober and watch Clownvis? <laughs> why would you? Can you be sober and watch Clownvis? I think like there's, there's an automatic like you know kind of contact high that you automatically yeah. will get. But um, So growing up, uh, we kind of touched on this, talked about being um, mm-hmm. a school clown or class clown. Uh, not that you were. Did, sure, sure. But did you, was attention something that you craved? I mean, everybody oh, craves yeah. attention to a certain point, but mm-hmm. oh, you're going to move that and make all that noise? I'm not going to. No, I'm, I'm You can not, move it if you I, want. We I can take, to, no, we can no, take a fine. noise break and you can move the mic stand. I don't even think, we don't even need a noise break. Perfect. We did it. It's fine. It's That's super awesome. secret. Nobody knows. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely like attention. I always had these kind of large, ridiculous, harebrained schemes. Sure. Like, not so much schemes, but like I remember I wanted to submit a um, America's Funniest Home video. Well, do you remember America's Funniest People? Uh, there, there was America's Funniest Home Videos mm-hmm. with Bob Saget. Yeah. And Tony Katane? No, 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 it was just Bob Saget. And then um, America's Funniest People was. Dave Coulier. Yeah. So it's like the people that were doing American yes, Funniest People I, were like, let's just get the other guy from Full House. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like we're just not even going to like try to yeah. go too I remember far when, in a different direction. I remember this, like, the, I don't remember what America's Funniest People would be about, but I remember Dave Coulier and yeah. some lady hosting. That was, that, that was America's Funniest People. And they had, so they would do like the funniest video kind of thing, but then they also had these things that they made with uh, a jackalope. Oh, the jackalope. the jackalope! But no, that was America's Funniest Home Videos. Nope, that first. was that was Funniest People because it was Dave Coulier's voice. I'm, I'm I know I'm right. Like I'm just <laughs> man. I don't. I 
I'm sure you're right. I'm open to you being right, but I think the jackalope was first on. You're willing to live in a, in a world where I'm I'm correct on this matter. That's the. We'll go with yours. Okay, cool. Okay, and like I wanted to produce like something like that. I had this whole like I was gonna make um, like me and a friend do this weird like stop motion thing and submit that. Like it wasn't gonna be like a funniest video where we, you know, document somebody falling down. It was like this is like imagine. Like I guess like like Vine, what Vine is now. Yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to do is have this place where it was just like whatever the hell I made would just get that in my mind, that was the only way that I could really get it out in the world is sure. to send like to video record something and well, send you, it to That was the people. only way you could get out in the I, world. Yeah, but like, free YouTube, time. free anything else. Yeah. 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 I remember what was it? I did I mean I guess I haven't didn't think about this until just now, but I had I used to write poetry when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. I still have books of it that I haven't looked at and would probably break my heart if I did. Well, you need to do another What's Your Damage. I, we, do, we do need to do another What's Your Damage. Yeah, I miss What's Your Damage. I do, too. We'll get back to that. We will touch back on that. Um, but I wanted to read like poetry. I went to like my first coffee, sh- coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And this is like in Charlotte when... I don't know when, like, how long coffee shops have been, even been around. Sure. And, like, my mom and my brother both got, like, she got, like, a latte, and my brother got, like, a hot chocolate, and I got, like, orange espresso. Perfect. And it just, because, like, my mom... My when mom, I think of poetry, I think orange espresso. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, this is, like, my first, like, experience in any kind of a coffee shop. Sure. And so I'm just like, oh, like, people drink espresso at these places, right? Like, that's a thing. I'll just get that. I, I've heard that. I don't know what it is, but it's what people do. Yeah. It's obviously not going to kill me, so let's try it out. And then so my mom gets her, like, big cup of, like, a thing. My brother gets his big cup of a thing. And then, like, this tiny little itty-bitty cup with my espresso comes. And I just, I'm just like, oh, man, like, what did I do? Like, I'm, I'm upset with them for letting yeah. me order this. Like, I'm like, this is not what I wanted. I mean, it was espresso, and I got, you know, probably bouncing off the wall. But, yeah. yeah. And so I saw that they were doing, like, they had weekly poetry reading sure and this is like the weirdest thing in the world where so I'm in I'm like maybe like 6th or 7th grade and to do the poetry reading you had to send him like the guy you had to send him like a copy of your work with a um, like a self-addressed stamped envelope that was like he, he gave me he wrote down his address yeah. and he said you know here you know send send me like some of your poems uh, and a few pictures. I yeah, yeah. He's like a little boy. Um, <laughs> swimming. Here's, here's, a, here's a bathing the, suit that yeah. I want Oof, in the pictures. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and a self-addressed stamped envelope. Mm-hmm. And he ended up. So I, I went home, stuffed some stuff in an envelope, sent it off to him. And then a few weeks later, he called me up, which kind of bummed me out. He didn't use like I went to all the trouble yeah. of doing the he self-addressed the stamped money. envelope, yeah. and you know, and then he he called me up. And he was like, oh, your stuff's fine. Like, let's get you, you know, come on out, you know, whatever night. I really night. liked your piece yeah, about Skittles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, in my head, like, looking back, I can't imagine that there was, like, why he went through this really ridiculous um, audition process for yeah. me. Where, like, it's, it's just a coffee shop and a strip mall next to a, you know, Chuck E. Cheese. Well, like, I don't it know is why. the gateway. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I can't imagine there's, like, lines out the door of people that are like, this is going to make or break my life. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, there's not, like you know, poetry producers in the front row with, like, you know, little pens taking notes on the next guy whose life they're going to change. It wouldn't be pens. It would be calligraphy feathers. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. Everyone's got monocles. Parchment. And, yeah. Little, you know, hats. And Dip it in an inkwell. Ugh. And 
So he was like, let's get you out of here. And you know, I was just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I just got so scared. And I made up. I told him I had a diving meet. Like, that was, like, the first thing that I grabbed onto. I wasn't on the diving team. Like, the <laughs> I pool. assume not. I wasn't on the swim team. I was I was just like, I, yeah, I can't do it that night. I have a diving meet. And he was like, oh, but the next one. Nope, another diving meet. <laughs> and I just totally got completely cold feet. Um, Did you ever do it? No. Oh, man. No, I don't think I've ever, like, read... No, I mean, I guess I, I did read poetry when I when I was confirmed. When I did, like, my sure. confirmation at my church, I wrote a poem about that, and it was... Very touching, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, it was full of all this, like, weird religious imagery of you know, yeah. lions and lambs and all this other kind of crap. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I'm familiar. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. So no I, diving meat that day. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Had to go through the whole confirmation thing. I'm sure there are pictures somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I love that. Everybody has done the, okay, I want to do this. And then when it comes to, you're like, oh, I got to make up an excuse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. I love that your excuse was something that you don't even do, didn't aspire to do. No. I mean, it would have been fun. Was it like the Olympic season? If if anything, (laughs) diving was another thing that scared me. Like, it's the, like, (laughs) like, like, that was something I think I went off the high dive, like, maybe twice. Sure. in my life yeah, when I was just like a to make kid, it sort and of I, honest. It, yeah, and it just scared the shit out of me, so I just didn't really ever do it again. Yeah, and yeah, so I got a diving. You, I, I made up this my thing. new excuse. Yep, that's it. I, I got, got a diving me. Sorry, I got a diving me. Can't do it. And yeah. yes, that was like so. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always wanted, you know, to be known. I guess for something. Sure. To be, you know, I don't know. I can't remember exactly how, how you phrased it. Like to be, you want attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, when I was a kid, uh, for the longest time, I thought I was crazy because of this. When I was a kid, uh, I would write songs. I'm a musician, and I'd write little ditties or whatever. And little I, ditties? Yeah. I, I came up with this uh, with this riff on a guitar, and, um, and then I heard it like three or four months later. I heard it on the radio, that riff. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. The, I... I basically thought I was on the Truman Show. I thought that <laughs> I was convinced yeah. that there were people listening mm-hmm. for my genius uh, melodies and song lyrics yeah. and guitar riffs, and and that and then also that like television shows were catered to me. That like they would hear my jokes and be like, "Oh, we got to write a joke like that." And so like <laughs> it was like delusions yeah. of grandeur, grandeur basically. And um, I have thought for years that I was crazy uh, and I probably was but I have recently like since I started listening to the Beat Holmes podcast that has come up with a lot of uh, actors and comedians yeah. or musicians who have said yeah when I was a kid I, th- I thought I was on I thought there were cameras following yeah. I thought I was on a TV show you know that's actually um, I read like a thing in the New Yorker like a couple years ago and that's a real problem there are people that like that will be um, like their thing where yeah. they will like they'll they'll th- like have dreams or you know hear voices and the voice is a producer huh. telling them certain things like that they have to do X Y and Z and then like their family won't be killed or oh. you know or they'll get like a million dollars or yeah. you know there are people that that is their mental problem and it's something that's only happened like relatively recently yeah um, I think for it to be like that intensive like a mental illness yeah and you know an OCD you know paranoid schizophrenic you know kind of extension of that mm-hmm. But 
yeah, the, the relatively healthy, you know, every now and again when there is a coincidence or something yeah. like that or whenever I get like a, you know, sense of deja vu, it's always like, oh man, like, is this like my, like part of, <laughs> my like, part of something bigger? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, you've had, what was that, um, what was it the Joe Schmo show? Yeah, is that it? the VH1 yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, well, was it? I think, I think it was Spike it, TV. Might have been, but it was like the whole thing where they had like the normal guy. Yeah. Who was taken in? And it was a reality and competition. Ev- everyone else was in on it except for him. Yeah. And so, do you know that Rickety Cricket from uh, It's Always Sunny was yeah. one of the guys? And then Kristen Wiig. I rewatched that show recently. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they're going to want people that are you know really good improvisers. Yeah. And yeah. But yeah, I've definitely had those thoughts. And I think, you know, it wasn't until, like, after I watched The Truman Show that I think I really started, you know, thinking that. Like, it's, it's not something that keeps me up at night. Or yeah. Really, it's, it's, it's never a, like, something I, like I, I, used I, to I think entertain with any seriousness. Bugs, but. like microphones placed throughout my house. Sure. When I was 10. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to... Um, like play, like had like like the basketball net like sure. on the back of my closet, yeah. And I got really, really good at it. Yeah, you know, just this little foam or yeah. you know rubber whatever basketball basketball is the time. And it was a Magic Johnson double jam. I still have it. Yeah. Um, and I got really good at that. And I used to kind of fantasize, like as I'm like making little jump shots. I used to kind of want there to be like a scout from the NBA. Yeah. Like I was just always like, had Bicycling this in the back of my head. Like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. that kid, he's got, he's got, he's got something. He's got the goods, you know? And like, <laughs> and then there's just gonna be like a knock on my door, like a couple of days later, yeah. you know, yep. I just gotta be like, we're pulling him up to the big leagues or something. Yeah. It's the, you know? Yeah. And I, get, I get that when I'm, so I'll sing a lot when I'm driving yeah. and most people do. And, and they'll pull up next to somebody and, and kind of be quiet. Cause they don't want to, I'm the opposite. I'll sing louder because maybe they're a talent scout. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're gonna be that's like, insane. I know, I that's, know that's it's insane. insane. They're in a Ford Escort. They're not a talent scout. Yeah. Nope, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Well, I mean, like the you know baseball scouts. I, I, I yeah. never exactly assume that they have you know the most you know <laughs> like blinged out lives. <laughs> like but, a yeah. Ford Escort is like probably up uphill for them. That's like that's <laughs> like they they wish they had a Ford Escort. <laughs> yeah. So I, I might still have a little bit of that delusion of grandeur, but yeah, I think it's healthy, kind of. I think well, it's the when there is like whenever you're involved in anything creative, mm-hmm. you kind of have to have it. Yeah, I think really what it boils down to is you want people to know about it. Like yeah. That's that's where it comes from. You, you know, you think what you're doing is great, and you want other people to know yeah. about it. Yeah. So and you want, I mean, yeah, like you you have to kind of be like stupid in that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where it's the ignorant. Yeah, yeah. Because the odds of anybody making it anywhere at anything is astronomically small. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's Seinfeld who, whenever uh, comedians like young comedians talk to him, he always tells them, "You suck. You're terrible." Yeah. And uh, and then he'll say, "If you still want to do it after the best comedian ever <laughs> told you that, then yeah. keep doing it." Yeah. But if you don't want to do it after that, you were never meant to do it. It has to be something that's like purely personal, and like you know, mm-hmm. like you have to be getting something out of it. Um, and that's, like, one of the reasons why I've kind of fallen off, like, with, you know, personally. It's just, like, the muse kind of left me, in sure. a way. And it wasn't, you know, as much fun anymore. It's not, you know, I mean, it really became more work. Yeah. And it's, I'm not against it, but it just, it wasn't, there wasn't nearly, like, a high enough rate of, like, you know, kind of success for the actual, like, energy that was going into mm-hmm. doing it. So, well, whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe it'll come back. I mean, it's yeah. the, yeah. I like doing... 
Misha, I did a like a nerd night thing. Yeah. Uh, a couple days ago, which was a blast. Sure. Like I recommend that to anybody. Was that what is that? It is. Um, I is think it like quizzes. No, 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 no. It's um, like every like two months, I think, or like eight weeks. I don't know exactly what the thing is, but it's Wednesday nights mm-hmm. at the High Noon. Okay. And uh, Ben Taylor, one of the guys who is uh, Atlas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the improvisers over there. Uh, he runs it, and it's just you get up and do like a 15, 20 minute long like kind of presentation. Like imagine like like TED Talk. Okay. But like uh, like drunken sailor TED Talk. Like sure. It's the um, like kind of you're definitely communicating things that are interesting and in- intellectual, but doing it in a way that is fun and you know higher energy and just kind of you know not doesn't have that sort of high high society kind of touch to it. Sure. Um, and yeah, I did a presentation on like I wanted to do one for a long time just because I, I love being on stage and it was. Like, it took me a long time because I just wanted to do something that was, like, something where I felt I knew a lot about, and then all of a sudden it'd be interesting, and I could actually, you know, without having to work too hard for it, stuff yeah. that I already knew. And so I ended up doing a presentation on, like, copyright in the, like, history of hip-hop. Sure. Like, sampling laws, things like that. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I, it was, like, just 20 minutes on that. There's, like, two other people. Somebody else did one on solar panels. Another person did one on, like, um, Midwestern serial killers. Perfect. Like, yeah, it was, that's right up my alley. Actually, yeah, it's totally. I mean, it's it's like you know, if you, you drink for free, put yeah. together twenty minutes of a you know thing, do like a little PowerPoint, whatever, and yeah, any job that lets you have beer for free is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, the thing I do. I do the uh, like bar trivia stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I get to drink for free, which is awesome. Yeah, perfect. So uh, that's part of Story Slam for me. I don't. I, I get one free beer and then a free sandwich when I do Story Slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I get awesome discounts on beer. Sure, so, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. No, I, you got a you got a sweet sweet setup here. That's right. What's your damage? What's your damage? Um, anybody didn't know that was a. I think it started. Uh, was it Jesse? I can't remember his last name. Jesse, one of the the uh, original like Dame 101 guys. Okay. Um, something I guess people who didn't know what Dame 101 was was like a culture blog. Yeah. Madison, like they put on like the Fireball. All that stuff, and one of the things they did was a—it's called What's Your Damage. Mm-hmm. It's similar to Story Slam, where it's, but it's tied. Instead of just telling a story, you have to have a like concrete piece of your past, like something from you know middle school, high school, early college, like some from, from that very developmental, like a journal, or yeah, a, yeah, from, the, from that very you know kind of like period of time sure where you'd be reading like you know either singing songs you wrote or reading poetry that you wrote reading journal entries um i read uh one time like a christmas list that i made for my mom i remember that one yep um and what was the main do you remember what the main thing you asked for on that list i, I remember i asked for the elements of style by strunk and weight yeah that, that was one of the things i asked for for christmas <laughs> which was like, gee, what the hell kind of jerk I was. Like, that's the, like, who asks for strunk and white, the elements of style? Like, and, well, you and the do. Thing, well, yeah. But the thing was, like, the actual, like, the list itself was so poorly written. Sure. Like, it was just like, well, I, I clearly needed, like, this yeah. book to, like, help me, yeah. like, be a better writer. And so. I think What's Your Damage is so cool because everybody has been an awkward teenager. Yeah. Everybody has been, uh, has looked 
through their old stuff and gone, what the hell was I thinking? Why did I write this down? But why did I think that this needed to be, uh, you know, written down for the rest of the world? But you also have this kind of, you know, present tense, like, posterity where you're able to look back at that and see, you know, where that was for you in, like, that, that growth period of your life. Sure. And how... You know, you've kind of evolved since then and become, I mean, fingers crossed, hopefully a better person. Yeah, <laughs> at least like, yeah it hey. is an interesting thing to be able to look back as somebody with life experience and knowledge of just what you were actually going through. Like yeah. why, why you were upset that uh, Sally took the last, yeah. last yogurt. Yeah. You know, it, it meant something much deeper. Yeah. You know, it was a product of something else. But yeah, yeah. I think that's really, I, I think it's really interesting and people are really engaged in that. Like yeah. everyone I've come to, uh, people are, you know, silent and and there's not a lot of uh, chit chat in between, which is nice just in in and of <laughs> itself. But it really just goes to show you that people are into it. Yeah. And, and that's something. Uh, I mean, we definitely need to do another one. And people ask me yes. about that a lot. And I'm sure Alan Talaga and uh, Christy Taylor, the two people that I uh, kind of put it together with. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that they get asked a lot as well. And but it's just been. It's everybody's always, busy. Everybody's really busy, and it it always. It always, like, on paper, it never, like, it never, like, feels like it's going to be that much work to kind of put something together. But, I mean, you sure. do, even, even doing these things where we have, like, a steady place, it's, um, you know, trying to get better marketing for it, getting, yeah. you know, the word out to where you're trying to expand. And, yeah, it's always just kind of a, always ends up being, like, a lot more work and, like, more of a headache on, oh, top, yeah. of, on, on top of, like, everything and else that's going on. And you're not getting paid for it. Like, no, not yeah. at all. And that sucks. Um, but again, it's like it's fun. Like yeah. I just, I just love you know, yeah, you know a couple, couple free do, drinks and like I'm, I'll, I'll do it just about anything. Yeah. You know, I, well, I would do Story anything. Slam for free. <laughs> yeah, I, I really would. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's fun to hang out with the people here, and uh, I like talking to people. I like yeah. telling stories. I like hearing stories. So, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. It, it would be a he- way bigger headache if I had to do it for free. Yeah. So I hear you have some questions. Yeah, we're back. Uh, I always do like to, uh, not always, but the one other time I've done this, yeah. I, I took a break to let everybody know what I was drinking. Uh, tonight I'm drinking tonight. This afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it makes me yeah. sound horrible. Uh, Started drinking at 2.30 today. <laughs> uh, this afternoon I'm drinking a Bedlam from Ale Asylum, yeah. and you're not having a beer. So. No, I got I got had an Americano, Americano from, yeah. from Johnson Public House. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what. Is uh, Intelligentsia beans? I assume. Uh, it's either that or Kinkin. I think. Nice. Yeah, Kinkin is local to me. Yeah. So, yeah. I had a friend of mine in uh, Chicago who used to work for Intelligentsia, and yeah. Have you ever actually like had Intelligentsia coffee at Intelligentsia? I where have it's, to make a confession, I don't drink coffee. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, it, it's a confession. It's a big deal around here. <laughs> Why? Being an employee of here. What is your reasoning? That, like that. Like whenever somebody says, this "Like I, I don't eat meat," or like I don't whatever, it's like I don't care that you don't do that. Yeah. My is like th- no. there's a myriad number of reasons as to why, and that's much more fascinating. Now my reason would be I don't like the taste of it. I've tried it. I just don't. I don't care for it. Sure. Uh, growing up, the reason I never tried it growing up, like most people try coffee when they're kids and then grow to t- like it or whatever. Uh, my parents always told me it would stunt my growth. They said, don't drink coffee, it'll stunt your growth. Clearly and I'm 6'5", <laughs> yeah. so it worked. You know, I didn't drink coffee, and I'm a giant. Yeah. Uh, and then now... If you could go back and drink coffee, would you? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, You know what? I can wake up in the morning and feel fine. Uh, I don't need a, need anything to wake sure. up. I, I, if I'm... When I wake up in the morning, that's it. I'm, I'm awake. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't like... Uh, 
I like the fact that I'm not like tied to something. I feel like, yeah. But I do like my beer. So I, I like, I like, I like beer too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so questions. I mean, yeah. they're, they're really uh, simple questions. I'm, I'm a forum. Um, I, de- I decided this week the question that I would ask every guest that I have. Okay. You know, every podcast has has to have that one Something, question yeah. that they always. So my my last guest was Tom Farley. Okay. And I came up with this question because of who he was and who his brother was and kind of the, some of the stuff. That Kevin Farley is the brother, right? Yes. <laughs> John. John Farley. Uh, yeah, John P. Farley. Um, yeah. No, uh, so the question I asked him was, uh, if I were to find your phone on the sidewalk and I went through it, who's the coolest person I could call? And so, and I, and I like the idea of asking everybody that question because for some people it's going to be, well, my uncle Matt was, uh, he's a retired veteran and he did this, that, and the other. And for some people it's going to be, uh, you know, Tom Farley's answer was Quincy Jones. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Adam Sandler, David Spade. Like, well, there's a bunch of different ways that, like, there's, like, the coolest person, like, where it would be, like, any one of my friends. Sure. That I could be, like, this is a guy you could just call and be, like, what's going on? And there's I, all, and, like, I you leave automatically the interpretation of the question sure, totally sure. up to you. Um, I mean, I don't, like, know any famous people. I have, um, I opened for... Like one of my personal like comedic peaks was I hosted at the comedy club a uh, whole weekend where it was like two shows Friday, two shows Saturday where I was the opening comedian. Yeah. For uh, Rory Scovel featured and right, middle and uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. Who's on uh, what is the show on HBO that he's on? He was on oh, uh, Franklin and Bash and uh, yeah, what is that show? I know you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Um, plots is it the show it, with uh, uh, Silicon Martin Valley? Star? Silicon yeah, Valley? Silicon yeah, Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he was headlining, and Rory Scove has always been like a personal kind of like comedic hero of mine. Sure. And I ended up getting breakfast with him on that Saturday. It's like I have his phone number, yeah. which is, I mean, like I've never like even like dared to like call it because <laughs> like, why would you? Outside of like the one day where it was like we were getting brunch at Gray's, and it was just yeah. like. Like, hey, you ready? Like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, and um, so that's probably, like, the – I mean, I'm sure you could, call, like, call him and be like, hey, like, tell me something funny and, yeah. just, you know, or, you know, interesting. And it'd be, you know, crazy. But my friend – like, one of my best friends, uh, Chris Funk, like, that that's a dude who you can probably just about always get, like, something, like, really good out of. So it's like, yeah, that kind of fits. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, Chris like, Funk right now is in Austin, Texas, uh, visiting his sister. I, I knew I met him in college when I was okay. in uh, App State, and he's from Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. He lives in Asheville now, and he's visiting his sister in Austin, Texas. So he's just been texting me pictures of the food he's eating, Ugh. and it's just like the most intense, like you know, hamburgers and yep. you know, barbecue and. You know, it's just like stop it, please. My, just my stop cousin it. lives in Dallas, and my brother is visiting yeah. him right now. And his whole Facebook feed has just been food, yeah, food and drinks. I love it. Yeah, like it's the kind of thing I really want to get down and go and yeah. do. Yeah. So yeah, I just want some Texas barbecue. I just yeah, I just I just like barbecue, man. Like, have you seen Chef, the new John Favreau movie? No, I haven't. I've oh heard I've gosh. heard really good things, but I haven't seen it yet. It's so good. Yeah. People say don't see it hungry. But it doesn't matter. You could go on a full stomach and yeah. still walk out going, I'm so hungry right now. Yeah. That's one thing I love. Like, uh, uh, my girlfriend, Ginny, like, we both love food. Like, 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 kind of like one of the, um, 
like things that we joke about and it's kind of not really joking is yeah. like we're gonna like you know we're gonna like have to support each other like when we get like gastric bypass like <laughs> stuff like when we're older like it's gonna be like it's like we both mutually agree that this is going to be a problem that we both validate this one yeah. <laughs> like you know health issue yeah. <laughs> for both of us so yeah but you gotta have somebody to pick out with completely favorite yeah. restaurant in town my personal favorite restaurant yeah um Man. Like, I used to do this thing with my friends called Good Food Friday. Okay. Once a month, uh, we would choose a Friday. Yeah. And uh, so the first month, we went out for dinner, and we, we chose a nice restaurant. And then the next month, we would always alternate. The next month, we would choose somebody's house, yeah. and each of us would, would bring one specific dish to have this, awesome. this awesome yeah. meal. And my favorite restaurant was uh, uh, Samba. I like Samba. Yeah. I do like Samba. Um, I like going there for brunch. I've never been for brunch. Well, it's like it's, and they don't have as many meats yeah. available. Yeah. But it still is like you know four meats and the pineapple and you've got oh, the, the other for like twenty bucks and it yeah. still is like it's just like one of the greatest bargains in town. Sure. And um, like probably my favorite burger is Tornado Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like late night menu burger. Uh, what is it? Sardine. They've got a hot dog on their like bar menu that's really good. Hmm. And uh, have you ever eaten sardine? No, it's good stuff. I don't. Where, like, where is it? Um, it's like top of Willie Street over okay. near Machinery Row Bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on like the backside yep. over there. Um, yeah, I got. I have a date right tonight to go. Uh, Ginny and I were going to the Wonder Bar. I was hoping it was with your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got a date tonight with <laughs> some other broad. Um, no, I'm going with her to the Wonder Bar. I've never been there, and yeah, I've heard so many great things. Yeah, and because I owe her last time we went out and got steak, she picked up the tab, so I got to. You know, sure. Goes back the other way. So, gonna do that. I'm when excited. you get married, that doesn't. It's just you're always picking up the tab. Just so you know, if you ever get married, no, like, 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 there's no, like, like you're just always gonna get stuck with it, as opposed to now when it's like a trade off. Um, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> every now and then, my wife will be like, "Well, I'll buy you dinner." Yeah. But uh, for the most part, uh, we actually re- we really do approach it as our money is our money, uh, but. It most, ends up being most, your most, money. <laughs> most of the time, it's my card being swiped. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, yeah. No, my girlfriend definitely keeps uh, tabs on uh, the things that I owe her <laughs> for. It's pretty. Yeah, like I, I still have to pay her back the fifty dollars for the uh, you know Isthmus Beer Cheese Festival ticket. Oh um, yeah. You know, there's a handful of other things that I gotta. Yeah. Is that in January? Yeah, it's in January. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to do like a podcast there. And then just interview some of the brewers yeah. that are going to be there. I last year when it, when they were doing it, I tried to maybe pitch something to the Isthmus or uh, maybe like Tone Madison, yeah, um, one of those things, and where I would you know kind of cover that and get some kind of a uh, you know. I basically just want to get into places for free. Yep, I don't, I'm with you 100. percent I don't mind working for it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get into the uh, the Comic Con yeah. coming up in February. I'm trying to get into that for free so I can cover that for somewhere. Yep. Um, yeah, doing the the Isthmus Beer Cheese Festival, like getting in like an hour early and covering that would be great. I know um, it was a great taste in the Midwest. Yeah, that's another thing yeah. where I because I work at the well, um, I know people that covered that for the press and sure. it's like to get in for like two hours early. Uh, would be awesome. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Getting getting in free places is I, the biggest perk. It feels so great. Yeah. It feels like you're a special person. I, <laughs> it the, is. Yeah. You know. Uh, so uh, one of the guys that works here, uh, his brother was in a band from California. Mm-hmm. They were. Uh, I they were. I guess technically, I hate this. A Christian band. 
But uh, what does that even mean necessarily uh, these days? They were a great band. <laughs> sure, I, see, I hesitate sure. to say Christian band because people are... Well, people automatically think of, you know, live or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, throwing capper or whatever else, the, uh, you know, DC Talk. D- there, there, DC there's, Talk. There's yeah. a number of horrible... He works. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember, like, listening to um, Jesus Freak. Oh, hey, hey, I I will say this till the day I die. The day I die. Uh <laughs> Uh, Enunciate the the <laughs> Jesus Freak album from from DC Talk uh, shaped what Christian music is today. The good Christian music that that record in 1995 when it came out was groundbreaking and yeah. and is it holds up uh, even if you're not religious. No, I, how dare you, sir? <laughs> I don't care. I don't, it's not nostalgia. It's not religious. Whatever. It, sure. it holds up. It's good. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I still have a, like, I remember, like, the first time that I listened to it and kind of, like, making these connections of, like, oh, there's, like, a, it's, it, it's a concept album. Like, it's got this kind of, like, all these, like, other things. And I was just like, it's just, like, it's just, like, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Like, it's the, you know, I had these, all these other, like, really intense, like, you know, concept album kind of things. Yeah. And this was, like, right around the time that I was, like, super Christian. I'd probably, like, thrown away like a, my CD of Dark Side of the Moon for like the third time. <laughs> sure. You know, kind of on some, like, I got to get this, you know, devil music out of my yeah. life. And yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, DC Talk, it's it's out there. I, I mean, I was listening to them when they were a rap group. You, yeah, that's the funny thing. I was actually, my <laughs> yeah. wife, uh, I made her sit down and watch one of their tapes yeah. recently. Uh, and it was like from 1992. Yeah. And it was, it's only, it was one of the first cassettes I they have a great, they have a great song called I love rap music. Yeah. Uh, and the chorus, <laughs> it, the chorus goes like this, you know, it's, it's a, about rap music and the chorus is, I love rap music. Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like the most like white bread, <laughs> yeah. like horrible, like barbershop quartet. It is terrible, <laughs> terrible music. Yeah. It's um, awful. But it's very great. Like, I, I could listen to oh, that it's, all it's, day, it's, it's day. so very specifically of, like, a time and place for me. It was one of the first um, tapes I think I owned. Like, yeah. It was given to me as a Christmas present. my stocking or something like that, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to know what, what is your best story. Man, I don't even know. Like, that story, probably, like, my, actually, my best story Yeah. Um, is the time that, well, it's like when I was dating online mm-hmm. uh, like on OkCupid okay they always have that like what's what, what's like the most embarrassing thing about you sure and I would always online dating yeah. that's the most embarrassing thing about yeah. me yeah um, that's how I met my wife so no I I, I met my girlfriend on Tinder so it's yeah. like the, yeah totally uh, it's out there and I was wanting to like give someone like an angle where they can grab onto that and that would be their lead in question sure because that was always the most frustrating thing whenever I would find somebody who seemed interesting, mm-hmm. but then, like, there wasn't anything in their profile for me to, like, kind of grab onto and be like, hey, like, X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. without sounding like I was some kind of weird Just creep who was reading yeah. too close. To, yeah, exactly. And so... It's funny. I always say that about... Because my wife's profile on OKCupid uh, had stuff that I was able to... I always say when I'm telling the story... She had enough stuff in it that, I, and I had enough in common with her uh-huh. that I was able to send her a message. It was, "Hey, tell me about this, that, this, and that," and it wasn't just a com- uh, message that was, "Hey, baby, what's up?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so um, on, like the what most embarrassing fact or something like that. I put down. I put down. Um, I've been I've been busted by the cops twice, completely naked. <laughs> 
which is true. The first time was when I was a freshman or a, a junior in college. Yeah. And it was like a bunch of friends of mine ended up like crashing this like apartment pool and went skinny dipping. Mm-hmm. And the cops showed up because none of us in this apartment complex. We were just loud, drunk pieces of shit. And so the cops showed up, just made us all leave. Just kind of like, you know, stood around while a bunch of, you know, 20 year old naked people, like, you know, just kind of like, shambled out and pulled, you know clothes on or whatever yep. and I distinctly remember one of the cops going like it's nice like this I really like being a cop or something it was just like fucking weird and and the other time was um, it was St. Patrick's Day yeah back in like 2000 something or other I was like maybe like a senior in college I think. and I came back um, and we did like a bunch of car bombs and just drinking like you know whiskey all night sure. at, like my friend's place and he, um, at some point like around like two in the morning my friend Bobby one of his hobbies was to make fireworks and <laughs> so he was just like at like two in the morning he was just like it's fireworks time I'm shooting off these fireworks which drew the cops oh, yeah. and at some point between the cops getting there and fireworks time uh, we had all agreed that we were going to be, we were just going to do naked laps around his house. Because why not? Why not? Exactly. And so, like, we're in the middle of, like, you know, there's, like, you know, 10 people just bare-ass naked running around this house. Yeah. And I'm, like, in the middle of, like, my second lap coming around the front of the house. And I just get, like, a bolt of light from a, you know, mag light right in the face. Nice. And, you know, it's just like, hey, you need to put some clothes on, son. And I'm just like... Uh, you're right, officer. And <laughs> just kind of like slink off. And I hear there's two cops, a guy cop who talked to me, and then there's a girl directly behind me uh, who's like kind of like coming up right on my heels. And there's a lady cop who just goes, and honey, you really need to put some clothes on to like the girl that was like coming up behind her. Yeah. So that's kind of the, yeah. Again, that's the like kind of, then I found $5. Like yeah. I actually ended up, I did find $5. That's the, that's perfect. I, um, because when I'd taken my pants off in like this guy's backyard, my wallet had fallen out, and sure. then it, like the next day, I had like I didn't realize until I got home, and my mom had to drive me back to my friend's <laughs> house so I could then wander into his backyard and get it. my wallet yeah. and put it in. So I had to do that, just hung over with my mom, not knowing. That's always a good ride. Yeah, yeah. hung over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good story. She had no clue. I didn't. Yeah. I, yeah. So that's that. Uh, online dating, real quick. I think we've got to wrap yeah. it up real quick. Music is about to start yeah. here. Uh, I, I've i always been an impulse buyer. Like, I'll go into a store and be like, well, I want that. And I'm okay. buy it. And I actually recently oh, have been online? thinking. <laughs> well, no, no. I've been thinking recently, like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not that way anymore. I'm pretty good with money. And I don't think I'm a, I'm not, I don't think I'm a impulse shopper anymore. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking about it and I thought about how. Uh, my wife is the very first person I saw when I signed up on on OkCupid, <laughs> and I, no. I think there's no bigger sign of a impulse buyer than that. I love my wife to death, uh, and but you I've, committed 110 percent to it. Yeah, first person I saw, and I went that one. Uh, so that was yeah. my uh, that's my impulse. Shopping. But it worked out for you. Yeah, it did. It you was guys great. are good. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for being here. It was my pleasure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Come back anytime. Yeah, I gotta I gotta come back and do more stories. I love. I mean, it's always like whenever I see the theme, it's do I have a, yeah. do I have some kind of a story that would fit this? Yeah. And then it's also like, you know, I just 
busy. Fridays yeah. are all always yeah. insane. No, so. I get it. You hate yeah. us. You hate I us. can't stand it. It's mainly you. Really. Yeah, no, I. It's I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty hard to get along with. And I've got. Uh, a, I'm, I'm very much anti-tall people. That's yeah. the real. Well, yeah. yeah. I can't do much about that. Kind of vertical superiority. Yeah. I just anyway, I think it. music's about to start, yeah. so I think we got to wrap go. it up. <laughs> um, it's all good. Again, thank you for being here. It was my pleasure. It was so great. Um, people, check out Chris Lay. You can see him at Totes Chris at Totes Chris on Twitter. There you go. Again, we want to thank Johnson Public House for letting us be here and invade their space. Um, 908 East Johnson is where you can find them for great coffee and good beer. I like their beer selection because I am not a coffee drinker, as we covered. Um, our next Story Slam is November 28th, the day after Thanksgiving. Our theme is family gatherings. Um, you can check us out online at madisonstoryslam.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Story Slam Madison, and it would be S T O R Y S L A M A D I S O N. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, again, Chris Lay, always a pleasure. Your beard is fantastic. Yours is, is good as well. All right, we'll see. <laughs>